Hello, and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and if this is your first time with us and you'd like to hear more uh, Activate Podcast episodes, you can check it out on soundcloud.com or on iTunes by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. All right, we're going to pray and then get right into what the Lord has for us today. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're so real in our lives. I thank you that you are with us every moment of every day. God, I thank you for the truth that you never leave us. You're with us all the time. God, thank you that you don't leave us alone, that God, you guide us, you provide for us. You are a God who is Emmanuel, God with us. God, we thank you for Jesus, for sending him to save us from sin, to save us from death. And God, we celebrate Jesus this season. God, we celebrate all that that means. And Lord, I pray that we can bring glory to your name. God, I pray that we could make you famous, that God, we could magnify who you are and that people would be drawn to you. Lord, we thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are celebrating Christmas, celebrating the arrival of King Jesus born uh, to Mary. And this is one of the biggest events on the timeline of human history. One of the greatest events that changed the course of all people everywhere for all time. And we get the honor of celebrating it every year and the honor of, of celebrating Jesus. And I'm sure that at some point during this season, you have already heard the Christmas carol, Joy to the World. And when you think about the words to Joy to the World, Joy to the World, the Lord has come. You know, we really have nothing if we don't have Jesus. We really have zero. We have nothing. Our All of our accounts are depleted. Without Jesus, we are fumbling around. Everything that I have is because of Jesus. Every bit of wisdom I have, it's because God gave it to me. Everything that I can proclaim from the Bible, it's because it's from God. It's from Jesus. It's the gospel. It's a gospel that's anointed. It's not me. It's the Jesus in me that's kind. It's it's not my natural human nature to be good. It's God's nature in me that pushes me and changes me and and totally redesigns who I am. It's the gospel that's central. It's Jesus that's central. It's it's not me. There's nothing I can create or conjure up. There's nothing that I could make it look good or try to convince people. The gospel is power. Jesus is the power. Jesus is the the truth that sets people free. And I am just a vessel that opens my mouth and says, God, speak through me. I'm just a person that says yes when God says go and be kind to that person. I'm just a person who lays down and says, God, whatever you have for me, I will do. And so everything is from him. Everything is just from Jesus. It's not from me. And it's so easy to, once you're walking in the spirit, walking in what God has for you to turn it around and say, I am kind. I am good. I am so smart. I am so wise. I have it going on when it's Jesus in me that's taught me to be kind. It's Jesus in me that's given me a word to preach. It's the Bible that's everything. It's not me or my church or my ministry or my anything. It's Jesus. And we have to turn our attention back to the Savior that came to be Emmanuel, God with us. We have to turn our attention back to a baby in a manger that came from heaven to lay down his very life so that we could have freedom and be set free in this life. This is all because of Jesus. 
It's not because of how hard I can try. It's not because of how much I can accomplish. It's how much I can give Jesus control in my heart, in my life, in my words. In Revelation 21.5, it says this, The one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. I am making everything new. Revelation is a book that really just is hard for me to read because honestly, it just makes everything so much more poignant, everything so much more uh, real with a defining end. It challenges me in so many ways that, that there is today, but someday there will be an end to this era that we live in. Someday there'll be an end to this earth and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And, and someday the grace of God will play out to a point where there is an ending where there will be a judgment of people. Revelation is so challenging because it shows the end of what we currently know, what we're currently living in. The one sitting on the throne says, look, I am making everything new. And in reading some commentaries, it says that I am making everything new is not something that will happen at that moment in in Revelation at the end of time. That's something that's happening currently, that he is making everything new right now. Have you ever heard the expression born again? That means you were once one way and then you were born again into a spiritual life. When you accept Jesus as your personal Lord of your life, as your personal Savior from sin, you are born into a new creation. You are no longer the old person, but you're a new person. You are now a spiritual person. You are now set free from the penalty of sin and death. You are now living on purpose and for an eternity in heaven with God. You are a new creation. He is making you new. That making new started when you accepted Jesus. That making new started with a baby in a manger. That's the glorious change and turning point, the pivot point of all history. When Jesus comes to be Emmanuel, God with us, when Jesus comes to die on a cross for our sins, he is making all things new. He is creating a pathway, a way for you to be made new right now. And in the book of Corinthians, it talks about us being made new. We're going to take a look at 2 Corinthians 5. 16. We're going to start there. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we were once regarded, we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Verse 18 says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, born in a manger, begins the reconciliation process. God has been making all things new. 
Through Christ, we are made new daily. Daily, we are made new. The Bible teaches us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you who say you have no sin, you're fooling yourself. It's not true. There's sin in each one of us. And so we can trust God as we confess our sins. We can trust that he'll forgive us. This ministry of reconciliation means that we recognize who we actually are and we recognize what Jesus has done for us, who we actually are, our sinners, who we actually are, our fleshly humans, and who Jesus makes us is God's righteousness, who Jesus makes us by his sacrifice on the cross. He is our covering. He makes us pure. He makes us holy. He gives us wisdom. He gives us power. He gives us life life that we could not have apart from him. Life that we could not have apart from him. Apart from him, I can do nothing, but through Christ who gives me strength, I can do all things. Philippians 4.13. But apart from him, I can do nothing. What happens in our Christian walk is we get so used to walking with Christ. We get so familiar with the holy. We get so familiar with Jesus's grace. We get so familiar with church services. We get so familiar with the the reading of, of the word of God. We get so familiar with life that we begin to think that we can be reconciled to God without Christ's sacrifice. We think we can be reconciled to God because of our own good actions. Everything we have is from Jesus. We need to go back to the beginning and remember that our life is only through Christ, that we are sinners. Today, we are sinners. Today, without Jesus, we are nothing. Today, without Jesus, you are nothing. But with him, you are everything. With him, there is life and abundant life. The goal of life is Jesus. What do I mean by that? What do, what do I mean when I say the goal of life is Jesus? The end goal of all of this is to get closer to Jesus. The end goal is not fame. The end goal is not to start great ministries. The end goal is to be with Jesus and let him make all things new in our hearts make all things new in our minds, make all things new in our lives. And he makes things new in us by putting us in struggles and trials and situations so he can reveal himself to us, so we can get to know him better, so we can be made new. He's making you new today. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. In heaven and nature sing. The Lord has come. Are you making room for him in your heart? Or have you stepped on to the throne to become the king of your own life? It's only through him. It's all through him. Did we forget that? Are we taking back the reins again, thinking that we can make things new? Again, that verse in Revelation 
says the one sitting on the throne, that's God. He says, look, I am making everything new. I am making you new today. Verse, that's verse 5. And in verse 6, he says, He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Verse 22, or chapter 22, verse 12, it says, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Verse 20 says, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. That list of things sounds very familiar in verse, uh, very similar in, in both chapters 21 and 22 about those who will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Sinful people will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's super unpopular. Sinful people will not enter the kingdom of heaven. There will be people that don't make it to heaven. People who begin to think that they can cleanse their own sin. People who are the Lord of their own lives, they will not enter heaven. God is the king. He is the ruling king. He sits on the throne and he says, I am making all things new. But today, you have to make the choice again. Who are you serving? Are you serving yourself or are you serving God? Some are serving the devil. Some are serving their own evil desires. Who are you serving today? Joy to the world. The Lord has come. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is Jesus, the baby in the manger who changed everything. Are you relying on the righteousness of Jesus or the righteousness of your own actions? Have you made yourself your own Lord? How can we tell? How can we tell if this little bit of yeast has gotten into the dough? How can we tell if we've made ourselves the Lord of our lives? How can we tell if we're depending on ourselves and not on God? 
Many times that's why we have struggles and trials. We have different situations so that we can see who the Lord of our lives is. Because when hard times come, when we get pressed, we see what comes out of us. We see who we really turn to, who really is in charge of our lives. How can we tell if we are in charge or Jesus? I want to read an excerpt from a book called This Gospel by Dick Brogdon, and it's so good. Um, in this book, uh, he's talking about Moses and his leadership in, in the nation of Israel and how he led the people, but he never got to make it to the promised land. He never made it into the promised land. But he presents this point, and I want to read it to you. We humans think so tribally, so physically, so geographically. When all along for Moses, the goal was not about Canaan, which was the promised land. It was about intimacy with God Almighty. It is not about Sudan or New York or anywhere else. It's not essentially about Bible schools or evangelism. It's not primarily about street kids or relief and development. It's about walking with Jesus. It is intimacy, union, and saturation with Jesus. Jesus is my destination. Jesus is my promised land. Friends, I don't think Moses failed ultimately. I do not think that Moses was punished severely. It's my impression that Moses increasingly walked with God. You see, this event happened 20 years before the Jordan crossing. For 20 more years, Moses led people. For 20 more years, Moses served. Moses sweat. Moses struggled. For 20 more years, Moses blessed, loved, and provided for Israel, all while knowing he would never step foot into what we consider the ultimate destination. But it was not the final goal for Moses, was it? He was humble, but more so, deep in his heart, the physical land was not the dream that drove him. Intimacy with Jehovah was. And that's from this gospel by Dick Brogdon. The goal of Moses was to be with his creator. Our goal has to be intimacy with Jesus. That's how we know if he's the Lord of our lives. That's how we can live in the moment. That's how we don't live just looking forward to our tomorrows or wishing for our yesterdays. We live in the moment because Jesus is here in the moment. He's here today, now. He walks with us. He never leaves us. You are never alone. Once you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, he takes up residency there. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort you, to guide you into all truth. There's never a moment in your day when you're alone. Are you living to serve God? Or are you living to make it to another event? Are you living to make it to vacation? Are you living to make it to developing your own ministry or your own passions? Are you living for the destination of intimacy with Jesus? Our destination has to be intimacy with Jesus. That we would be quick to listen to his voice, quick to obey his voice but quick to sit in his presence and learn from him, to sit at his feet and worship, to sit at his feet and be with him because that changes everything. Our destination is intimacy with Jesus. There's a fantastic 
commentary. It's called Enduring Word, and it's uh, by a man named Guzik, and he just does a fantastic job with his commentary through the whole uh, Word of God. But I want to read to you uh, his take on making all things new. So this is Guzik, and he says, Our instinct is to romantically consider innocence as man's preferred state and wish Adam would have never done what he did. I'm going to read that again. Our instinct is to romantically consider innocence as man's perfect state and wish that Adam would have never done what he did. But we fail to realize that redeemed man is greater than innocent man, that we gain more in Jesus than we ever lost in Adam. God's perfect state is one of redemption, not innocence. How profound is that? God sits on the, the throne and he says, today I am making all things new. And Corinthian, Corinthians, Paul points out that we are being made new. We have this ministry of reconciliation to God, that the old man has died and the new man is born. And our end goal is to be with Jesus today. Our end goal is today. Our end goal is what God is teaching me today. My end goal is now. My end goal is spending time in the presence of Jesus. Because he's making me new. He's perfecting me now. And if I'm living for tomorrow, if I'm living to to promote myself, if I'm living for anything except for right now with Jesus, then I have the wrong goal. Emmanuel, God with us. Not God with us in heaven. Not God with us tomorrow. Not God with us yesterday. God with us right now. Open up your heart to be with Jesus right now. That's finding a quiet place and saying, Jesus, what do you have for me today? Jesus, this day belongs to you. I'll listen to your spirit. I'll go on this adventure. Be the Lord of my life. Not just my one-time Savior from sin, but my Savior continually every single day. And my Lord, right now, Lord, I am your servant. You are my master. What do you have for me right now? And then to be careful to recognize that it's all through him. It's not through our good deeds. It's Jesus' blood that makes us righteous. It's Jesus that reconciles us to God. It's not ourselves through our good works that reconciles ourselves to God. It's not what we can accomplish. It's not how loud our voice could be or how many stages we can get on or how many people can follow us. It's how well I can follow Jesus, how well I can hide behind his righteousness, how deep I can get into his being into his club, into into being like Jesus. That's the goal. The goal right now is Jesus. I want to talk to you. I want to listen to you. I want to be your servant. I want to be your vessel. I want to be used by you and only you. And I want to recognize that it's all through you. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ and Christ alone. Not Christ and how much I can study. Not Christ and how much I can do. Not Christ and how much money I have. It's through Christ alone. And Christ will lead us to study. He will lead us to give things away. He will lead us. But that's not the goal. The goal is Jesus. 
The goal is time spent in the presence of Jesus because God says, I am making all things new today. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is here today to make you new. You are a new creation. You are a spiritual being. You are no longer just a lump of clay. You are being molded and formed. You are being made new. And the reality is that one day there will be an end to this age. There will be an end to this age. And people will not enter the kingdom of heaven if they're living for themselves or they're living in sin. And so we need to get close to Jesus. We need to get close to Jesus because when we do and we're renewed and made new and transformed and useful for the kingdom, then other people will see Jesus in us. They won't see us anymore. They'll see Jesus. They'll see something supernatural. But it's not how good we can act. It's not how good we can put on a face. It's not how good we can put on a facade. It's how good we can actually change. How good we can surrender and say, Jesus, it's not me, it's you. How much can we admit our sin? How much today can you admit that you're a sinner? And there's so many of us that would stand and say, but I'm without sin. I really don't sin anymore. Then you don't know Jesus because Jesus shows perfection. And in the mirror of perfection, we can see all of our imperfection if we try to hide our sin. It's not going to go away. But if we confess it, he can wash us and make us new. We won't be just like a whitewashed wall. We'll be really strong, really new. And if today you would get into the presence of a perfect God, you would begin to see all that he wants to change and he can give you strength. It won't be man-made fabricated strength that's only good for a season until you're tired. It will be strength that endures to the end. It'll be joy that's deep and real that nothing can take away from you. No people's comments, no snide remark, no haters can take it away from you because the joy that comes from the Lord is a joy that cannot be shaken. The strength that comes from the Lord is strength that's supernatural, but it's only attained through the presence of Christ. It's not attained by trying harder, reading more books. It's attained by sitting in the presence of Emmanuel, God, with us. Jesus wants to make you new. He wants to make you strong. The end goal is to sit in his presence today. The end goal is to sit in the presence of God today. Joy to the world because the Lord has come Will you prepare room for him today, right now, and tomorrow? Will you receive your king? Just to be in the presence of Jesus, that's my goal today. It's not to accomplish all the things I have on my list. My goal today is, Jesus, I want to be in your presence. Walk with me. Talk with me. Make me more like you. Make it real. Don't make it fabricated because your Holy Spirit is enough. The gospel is enough. The gospel does change lives. Jesus, you are enough. You are more than enough. In you, I'm more than a conqueror. My security is on a base that will never move. 
Revelation says this. It says, the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Today, be made new in the presence of your Savior. Today, make sure that he is your end goal. Make sure that this moment is your end goal, that this moment is your time with Jesus. Let him talk to you. Confess your sin. Don't hide it. It's not going to go away if you hide it. And if you think you are without sin, then you really haven't spent a lot of time with God. Because if you pour over the word, if you pour over the things that Jesus says, if you spend time in his presence, you realize there's so much more to obtain. We can have the mind of Christ. But we can't fabricate it. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Christmas. I thank you for sending Jesus and changing everything. I thank you for a Savior who's with me every moment of every day. God, I pray that my heart would remain set on you, that, God, I would never think that I would be without sin, that, God, I would confess my sin so you could make us clean and, and whole and righteous, that we would be hidden in you. God, thank you for this reconciliation. Jesus, I pray that you would truly be the Lord of our lives that we wouldn't be the Lord of our lives, but you would be. Help us to recognize areas where we take control and help us to give that control back to you. God, make us vessels that are useful for you. Thank you for making us new. Jesus, we recognize that everything is through you, not through us. So we give up control to a supernatural creator who knows more, who is more than we'll ever be. And we declare that we're your servants and our lives are for your kingdom's cause. Help us to be in your presence today and to live for you. That's our end goal. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Amen.